You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. The Jets, fuck the Jets, fuck the fucking Jets. Fuck the Jets, fuck the Jets, fuck the fucking Jets. Fuck the Jets, fuck the Jets, fuck the fucking Jets. Fuck the Jets, fuck the Jets, fuck the Jets, fuck the Jets. Yeah. Hello, 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 Miami Dolphin fans, and welcome to the same old Dolphin Show, sponsored by BetUS, part of the DolphinStock.com podcast network. I'm Josh Katzker with me today, and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. That is a six-game winning streak for your Miami Dolphins. They are at seven and seven. They are five hundred, and they are right in the mix. I'm not going to say the word because we're going to talk about it later. But they are right in the mix. Your Miami Dolphins at seven and seven. It's a good time. It's a good time. Listen, it wasn't pretty. I was a little worried to start the game, but we got there. We got the dub. Swept the Jets. And you got to be happy at the end of the day when you sweep the Jets, right? Absolutely. I mean, you, you got to be happy. There's no team that you'd rather beat. There's no team that you'd rather sweep than the New York Jets. So it's always good. And look, six in a row feels good. And and you're right. You know, you look at you start looking at the standings, and uh, you know some things have started to fall Miami's way, and they are in the mix. You sound very excited. We're going to get into it later as far as what we think about this team and the 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 P word. That's right. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it later. But first, we're going to talk about the game. And before we even talk about the game, I want to talk about your experience because you went. You were there in person at Hard Rock Stadium to watch the Dolphins 31 to 24 victory over the New York Jets. But before we do that, a quick reminder to make sure that you are following us on Twitter. I am at Amplified to Rock. He is at Aaron the Brain. The show is at Same Old Dolphins. And until the end of Christmas Day, we're following all new followers back from the Same Old Dolphins account. So make sure you give us a follow at Same Old Dolphins on Twitter. We also invite you to download, rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can now leave us a five star rating, not just on Apple Podcasts, but on Spotify as well. So we appreciate you doing that and make sure that you are visiting DolphinsTalk.com each and every day for all the latest Miami Dolphins news and information, especially as we come into this, the run-in here, as it were, for the final three games of the regular season. Brain, you were at Hard Rock last, last uh, yet or yesterday. We're recording this Monday night. We're live on the Dolphins Talk YouTube channel. So hello to everybody who's joining us live tonight. Thank you. If you're listening on the podcast, we appreciate you as well. Maybe 
pop in on one of these live streams one of these days. We appreciate you. We got a, we got everybody in the chat. Angry Al is raising heck, as he always is, in the comments, demanding that people lose their jobs because that's sort of his gimmick. So don't read too much into it, everybody. Uh, that's sort of his deal. He means but it, any- though. He means I, it. He's he not, it's not, it's, it's not shtick. Yeah, it's true. He is dead serious. (laughs) It's true. It's true. Anyway, we hope that you'll uh, join us and head over to the Dolphins Talk YouTube channel where you can hit subscribe, like this video. If you're watching live, we appreciate it. If you're watching it later, like the video as well. Turn on that notifications bell so you're notified every time we go live on the Dolphins Talk YouTube channel. Not just us, but the DolphinsTalk.com daily show as well. Brain, talk to us about your experience at Hard Rock. It was pretty cool. I mean, this was my first time in that stadium. I, I, I really, it's been probably 10 plus years since I've been to a game at that stadium. So needless to say, it's the first time that I've been there since they put uh, the roof or the canopy or whatever what you want to call it. And I have to say, it was pretty cool. Uh, I thought, uh, well, not only was it, you know, pretty cool, just, you know, figuratively, but it was actually, you know, not hot. That was the first thing that I, that I realized is that, wow, this is, is pretty nice in here. Uh, and other than that, uh, you know, the seats were great. Uh, everything, I would say it's a cleaner look to the stadium. Now, granted, uh, parking was an absolute nightmare. I was not prepared for the parking situation that has changed since the last time that I went there. Um, and so after trying to park in places that I wasn't allowed to park, I finally found parking in it and I had to walk about a mile to get to the stadium and I missed the opening kickoff, but I got there just to just right after the opening kickoff. So it wasn't that bad. And then, you know, we started the game and, uh, you know, the fans were, were into it and it was a, it was a fun time. And at the end of the day, there's, there's no better Dolphins game to go to, especially if they win, uh, than a Dolphins Jets game. So I was very happy to be at that game. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we've been, you and I in person have been to a Dolphins-Jets game where the Dolphins did not win. Uh, and it was also pissing rain, uh, which was not terribly helpful. That's true. That was a that was a, an entirely bad experience. But that wasn't the experience that we're talking about. We're talking about the game yesterday where your Miami Dolphins got that 31-24 victory. And listen, this game started off with the Dolphins, I think, very clearly in a little bit of a... Uh, getting the rust off, if you will. They were a little bit tired. It seemed like they were in a little bit of a funk from the bye week, whatever it was. This was a very slow start. It was bad on offense. Tua threw a horrendous interception, and the New York Jets drove straight down the field and looked for a while early on in this game like they were going to be you know, causing the Dolphins quite a bit of trouble throughout the game. I mean, if you think about it, they go 11 plays, 83 yards right off the bat. Then Tua on the second play, you know, so the Dolphins go very quick drive, punt. Jets get the ball, 11 plays, 83 yards, touchdown. Dolphins get the ball back. Tua throws an interception. Defense does a pretty good job to hold the Jets to a field goal. Punt, punt, Dolphins get a touchdown, but then the Jets go another 12 plays, 54 yards for yet another touchdown to take a 17-7 lead in this game. Of course, from there, things started to turn, but Brain, 
talk to me about how you were feeling when the Dolphins were were down in this game, seventeen to seven, of the Jets. It felt like they were going to find a way to lose, uh, but at the same time, it also felt like and 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 the, as the game played out, I felt like this really came to fruition that the Jets really emptied out the playbook. And went really deep in there to try to manufacture points early in the game. And kudos to them because it was a great game plan to manufacture some things. Uh, that said, uh, I was much more disappointed in the way that the offense played, uh, particularly in the first half. Tua looked awful. Not only was his first pass of the game intercepted on a really errant throw, but his his next two throws, one could have been a touchdown uh if the ball is you know if the ball has enough juice but it had so little juice that not only was it not a touchdown and not only was it not knocked away for an incomplete pass it very easily could have been intercepted and then his third pass of the game was nearly intercepted as well so it couldn't have been much of a worse start for Tua and the offense but they kind of got it going the defense you know kind of kind of stabilized as well once the Jets stopped running some trick plays. Uh, and then in the second half, the defense really took the game over. And it wasn't just the defense taking the game over, but it was also the running game of the Miami Dolphins led by hometown hero Duke Johnson. Excellent performance, amazing performance by Duke Johnson and really exciting to see, to witness live. Yeah, it was it was really something. And we're going to talk about that as we get into the good, the bad and the ugly of this game. But that was really that was that marked the turning point of this game when the, the Jets went up 17 to seven. From there, the Dolphins would get another field goal before the half and then go on to really kind of dominate the game, save for the pick six that two were through in the second half. Again, which was another pretty bad pass from Tua. The Jets ended up with 228 yards of total offense in the game, 151 of which were on their two touchdown drives in the first half. I mean, so really at halftime, the Dolphins made the adjustments and basically shut down the Jets from that point on. And, you know, the only other scoring that the Jets did was on that pick six. So it was a pretty dominant performance from the defense once they got it together. and. You know, and I think that leads us to what we need to talk about here as we get into the good, bad, and the ugly. And if we're going to talk about the good in this game, the obvious place to start is with Duke Johnson because he came to play in his, this wasn't his debut for the Dolphins. We had, we saw a very little bit of him earlier this season, right? Um, But in this game, he ends up with 22 carries, 107 yards, Two touchdowns, averaging 4.9 yards per carry. He also added a reception for 20 yards. And, I mean, it, it, this is the second time now that we've seen, uh, not quite back-to-back, or it, it, no, it's not back-to-back games because Philip Lindsay missed the last game. But, <coughs> excuse me, we've now seen Philip Lindsay and Duke Johnson come in and immediately make an impact in their ability to run the ball in a way that Savan Ahmed and Miles Gaskin and Malcolm Brown and even going back to last year, Matt Breida and Jordan Howard have not been able to do for this team. 
Duke Johnson, as we are streaming live on Monday night, has now been signed to the active roster. So he is part of this Dolphins team for the remainder of this season, at least. The Dolphins seem to have found something at running back that they have not had before. But when we talk about good, you got to talk about Duke Johnson because he has been, I mean, he was fantastic on Sunday. Maybe you take it with a grain of salt because it's up against the New York Jets, worst defense in the NFL, but he made the most of it. And in the past where we have seen Dolphins running backs maybe go down at the first time that they there's contact or maybe miss a hole, Duke Johnson took advantage of every opportunity that this offensive line gave him, an offensive line, which also needs to be said, much improved over the past few weeks. And I mean, he put on a show and the Dolphins seem to at this point with Duke Johnson, and now we know that Philip Lindsay has been reactivated off the COVID-19 list, so he's going to be back with the team barring some sort of injury setback for the next game. The Dolphins' backfield is suddenly looking a lot spicier than what it did even a month and a half ago. Yeah, I mean, sure, it's it's a little bit better, but let's not go crazy here. Uh, yes, the Jets have a terrible defense, a terrible run defense, and their best run-stuffing defensive lineman was out of this game. So it's not a surprise that the Dolphins were able to have some success. Now that said, what I'll say about the way that Duke Johnson got those yards, some of them were just, you know, well-blocked, well-timed cuts and and getting upfield and, you know, you know, good runs where I don't think it would have made much of a difference if it was him or Miles Gaskin. But a lot of the yardage came after contact with these stiff arms where, I mean, he, he was looking like Tecmo Super Bowl Christian Okoye out there at times. Guys were just bouncing off of him. And this is Duke Johnson that we're talking about. This isn't, you know, a bruising between the tackles back, at least not, you know, the Duke Johnson that I remember at UM or the Duke Johnson for the first, whatever, six or seven years of his NFL career. Uh, this was a, an inspired, tough running Duke Johnson. But I don't know that that's going to be something that you can really expect from Duke Johnson going forward. I think it's going to be very much ride the hot hand. That said, it's good to have other options there so that when one guy doesn't have the hot hand, you don't just have to stick with Miles Gaskin. And the way that Duke Johnson ran yesterday, his pedigree... Uh, as far as his game-breaking ability, his ability as a running back, his track record, I think he's earned the start until uh, until proven otherwise. Uh, so we're, Duke's going to get all of, or he should get an opportunity to do that again. I just don't know that you can count on it. I don't know that you can count on this offensive line to uh, get to create holes for him the way they did against the Jets. This is where, and we'll get into this in a, in a little bit, but the Dolphins are now seven and seven. They've made it through that soft underbelly of the schedule that we were looking forward to all year. And they, they really took care of business. And now things, this is where things get interesting. And, and that's going to go for not just running the football, but for the entire team in general. 
Absolutely. Uh, before we move off of Duke Johnson, I want to address this comment. Do we think that Duke will be able to repeat this performance again? Here's the thing. This is from Wally's World on YouTube. I'll, I'll say this. I think he's going to have a hard time doing that for sure in the next game against uh, New Orleans because that is a very tough defense, which we will be getting into later this week with a very special guest on the show. But I I think he has shown an ability, at least in this game. And again, you have to take it with a little bit of a grain of salt because it was against the Jets. I think he was showing ability that was better than what we have seen from Gaskin and Ahmed. And it's similar to what we saw from Philip Lindsay. It's that ability to be decisive and hit a hole and make a decision and go. And we've seen that now from Lindsay and we've seen it from uh, Duke Johnson on Sunday. And it makes, and I don't want to get into this whole conversation about the coaching staff now because we're going to have plenty of time to have that conversation once we get to the offseason. But it does make you wonder why they didn't, why it took until the end of this season for them to be able to go out and find these other guys off the scrap heap. It's taking your starting running backs going on the COVID list for you to be able to give these guys an opportunity to play and for them to shine brighter than the guys that have been with your team since camp started. That's a little bit of a concern for me, but I think Duke Johnson showed that he is certainly a cut above what we've seen from Gaskin and Ahmed thus far, and it wouldn't be surprising to me to see him have another positive, have more positive performances like that. Now, granted, he's going to be going up against three much tougher teams in the final three weeks of the regular season than the New York Jets, but it's certainly a good thing. Now, we got to kind of move through it quickly here today, so I want to move from the good, which was obviously Duke Johnson. Uh, we got to move to the bad. And now, listen, it's the quarterback conversation. We're going to have it, okay? Here it is. Tua did not have a great game, and I think everybody will tell you that. Every single person, whether they're a Tua lover or a Tua hater, will tell you that he did not have a great game on Sunday. And that's totally fine. But I think you saw in this game a lot of what uh, you, you saw his shortcomings be pretty blatant uh, on Sunday. You saw it on the deep pass to Albert Wilson, where if he's got a bigger arm and an ability to really throw that ball downfield and lead his receiver properly, Albert Wilson runs under that ball and makes the catch and is in the end zone. It's an easy touchdown. It was an underthrown ball, and as a result, the pass is broken up. Uh, I think you could also put the... I mean, obviously, you've got to Tua has this thing where sometimes his first read is there and it's open or it's not there. And he's decided that that's where he's going with the ball anyway. And I think that's what happened on that first interception uh, early in the game. He made this terrible throw to re even if even if it was a good pass, his receiver is all kinds of covered. He made a couple other bad decisions like that as well. And then uh, the underthrown ball to uh, Hunter Long. I see some people wanting to put the, the blame on Hunter Long for that one, but he stared down his first read again and threw the ball to him and was able to be picked off fairly easily. So he looked bad in those moments. But at the same time, you also saw the things about Tua that are really great. He made a couple of gorgeous passes to Devontae Parker and Isaiah Ford. Really, those kind of drop-in-the-bucket passes downfield. So those moments were really great for him. So you saw, again, the kind of mixed bag as from Tua that you're going to see. So 
It wasn't a great performance from Tua. I would classify it as a probably slightly uh, below. Well, it was a poor performance from Tua in general, right? If we're going to do the letter grade, it's probably a D, right? It wasn't a great performance from Tua in this game. But football is a team game. And in this game, the Dolphins were able to rely on the running game and their offensive line. And they did with the end the defense, of course, which after a sleepy start, turned it around and shut down the Jets in the second half. And they were able to do enough to win the game. And again, another place to give to a credit after he throws that pick six, which lets the Jets right back in the game. He then turns around and leads the team all the way down the field for what would turn out to be the game when he touched down. So, you know, it, it wasn't a great performance from Tua by any stretch of the imagination, but at the end of the day, the Dolphins won the game, and I guess that's what matters, right? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, they they won the game. They're just they're going to need to play better to win any of these next three games because they played down to the competition of the Jets a little bit, and the Jets are one of the worst teams in the, in the league. So uh, they're obviously going to need to play a whole lot better to have any kind of chance uh, in these coming weeks. But, you know, I'm not going to overreact over one game, but the, the fact is you still have to call it like you see it. I mean, you got these two apologists out here who are, who are just saying, well, they won the game, so therefore Tua had a good game. And that's just not the way it works. Because, I mean, like, you know, does that mean like Tua can have 400 yards or a quarterback can have 400 yards and five touchdowns and they could lose the game and that means the quarterback, you know, had a bad game? No, you got to look at it objectively, take the result out. And the fact is that Tua really did not have a good game. I mean, he made a couple of good throws, a couple of awful throws. There really wasn't much. If it was not for the running game and the defense, the Dolphins lose this football game. And there wasn't, there wasn't a lot that Tua did to really make a difference. Now, I will say this. You've got to give Tua credit that he throws the pick six and then... The Dolphins drive right down the field. Granted, most of it led on the, you know, on the strength of the running game. But again, third down, you know, he, he, he tends to make his best throws, his best reads and his biggest plays on third down and in the red zone. He came up with a big time throw. Granted, it was man coverage, but he made the read. He made the throw to hit Devontae Parker for the game winning touchdown. Sure, it wouldn't have been the game winning touchdown if he doesn't throw the pick six on the drive before. But again, this is a situation where, uh, Tua shows that short memory that you want your starting quarterback to have and the resiliency to lead the team down the field. When the game is on the line, which he's done now several times this season, even, even when they haven't won games, you know, Tua has had big time drives at the end of games to either put the Dolphins in position to win or actually win the game for the Dolphins. So look, Tua's got to clean up the mistakes. It's, it's really just an extension of, you know, his whole, you know, the, the whole story with Tua right now is that he, his arm strength is a liability. 
it is it is not good and it is a weakness it's something that he has to account for uh and that the dolphins need to account for in the way that they call the game and in the way that they build this roster that there are certain limitations uh that they have because Tua's arm just isn't there uh but there are also also things that he does really well and he can be a very good quarterback in this league but he has the tendency to make a couple of really bad throws over the course of the game. And for a few weeks, we didn't see that and everything was good. But this week we saw that, you know, when he makes a couple of bad throws, you know, it could cost this team the game. It could end up costing this team a spot in the playoffs at the end of the season. Right. And that's the thing, right? In this game, he didn't. He didn't end up costing the team the win. Right. And you'll have people out there who will say that he did cost them games against Jacksonville and Atlanta. And we're not going to be relitigating the past, but one play does not make a game most of the time. But it's certainly, you know, it well, never, never one play does one play dictate the course of an entire game. But it is possible Tua does have that ability to make that game altering mistake. We've, we've seen it. Right. To to this point in time, it hasn't cost the Dolphins in a big way, but we know that it's there. Regardless, the, the guy did enough to get the Dolphins to win. He relied on these other players on the running game, on the offensive line, who did a heck of a job. Duke Johnson was incredible, and the Dolphins got the win. And I want to give the guy a shout-out. Boy, he he destroyed Michael Carter the third. I mean, he just, that was awesome. You love to see your QB get after it like that on that run up the middle. I love seeing Tua use his legs because he does have that in his game. He doesn't use it a whole lot, but he does have it. And to see him go run up and just take that guy on and boom, really give it to him. You, you love to see it. And then got up and he was, he was all hyped up afterwards. You kind of like to see that. I think it's great. Yeah, it was that was a cool moment for sure. He gets up, he flexes, and that was those are the kinds of things, the kinds of qualities that Tua has that you can't teach. Those are just innate things. That's that it factor that we talk about, and that's where I really think that Tua can be a good quarterback in this league. It's just his ceiling is uh, is capped, and there's just like very little margin for error because of his. Uh, because of his arm strength, it means he's got to be so good at every other aspect of the game to be a truly elite quarterback. Whereas those quarterbacks that have the big arm, you know, they, they can get away with more things. They can get away with holding on to the ball a little bit longer, being a little bit late on the delivery, uh, not having precision accuracy or anticipation. Tua needs everything in his in the in the arsenal because he does not have the arm strength and because the arm strength isn't just simply not great it's below average it is a it is a problem and like you you talk about like the the pass to to Wilson at the beginning of the game it wasn't just that it was underthrown it was horribly underthrown I mean, to the, to, it was the same thing as two weeks ago where Jalen Waddle on the free play had to stop, come to a dead stop. It was essentially just as bad because Tua just did not have the arm to get that ball where it needed to be. That's just a throw that he cannot make. 
Uh, and that's a problem because, you know, people people like to talk about, well, downfield passes, 20-plus yards. Tua's got a great QB rating or a great rating on throws that are over 20 yards. But throws that are over 20 yards are really not downfield throws. Like, the, the elite quarterbacks in this league are throwing the ball 40, 50, 60 yards down the field. Those are the true downfield throws, and those are just... As a fact, throws that Tua can't make. Um, that said, like he he made some good throws in this game, but it's it's problematic. It really yeah. is, and it's something that the Dolphins will have to work around if they decide that that's the guy they want to move forward with. And that's a whole other conversation for a whole other day. I put a post, I did a thread on Twitter that you can look at if you would like to about that topic. But let's move on from there to. First of all, I also want to give a shout out to uh, Christian Wilkins, who got the touchdown pass in this game. He caught the touchdown pass from Tua in this one. And Christian Wilkins with that touchdown pass now has more touchdown receptions this year than Albert Wilson, Preston Williams, and Will Fuller combined. So congratulations to Christian Wilkins, Christian Wilkins for that. Uh, he is a better wide receiver than Will Fuller this season. Will Fuller, who, by the way, will not play for the remainder of the season, confirmed by Brian Flores on Monday. So there it is. <laughs> In case you were wondering, surprise, Will Fuller, complete disaster of a signing from the Miami Dolphins. Anyway, let's move on to the ugly in this game. It was the play calling for me. Some, Not all of it, <laughs> excuse me, but there were some moments. For example, the fake punt on fourth and one, horrific. I also hated the decision on the final drive of the game for the Dolphins uh, before they before the kneel down drive. I'm talking specifically about you've got the ball back. There's less than two minutes to go. And then you start you start throwing the ball when you need to be running out the clock and forcing the Jets to use timeouts. I hated that. I hated the decision to run a fake punt on fourth and a foot. Like, if you're going to go for it, put the offense out there. Put Jacoby Brissett out there. Let him lean forward and gain you a foot. Don't do a fake punt when there are so many factors. Also, and, and among the factors is that the Jets were looking for it, right? If you're going to go for it, go for it. Just put the offense out there. And then the other thing is that the Dolphins drive towards the end of the first half. Um, not the touchdown drive, but immediate, uh, the... The drive afterwards, they ended up with a field goal from Jason Sanders. 16 plays, 73 yards, seven and a half minute drive. They're running the ball. They're doing beautifully, getting all the way down the field until they've got first and goal at the Jets 10 yard line. And then they do three consecutive passes to end the drive. And now these are not necessarily, you know, high or low percentage passes, but you've been running the ball down the field with no problem. Yes, the Jets are looking for it now, but I don't know. I, I didn't, re I wasn't in love with the play calling there at that point that you're running the ball to get all the way down the field and then you get to first goal and then you stop running the ball. I, I wasn't enjoying that as particularly, you know, me, somebody who says the Dolphins should run the ball less on a day where they're actually having success with it. This is a time where maybe you stick with what's working. But they didn't. And at any rate, it's hard to get too into the weeds on that stuff because at the end of the day, they won the game. They got the 31 to 24 victory, which leads me to the question that I have for you, Brain, because we've talked about this. We've talked about it a few times. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm getting over a cold. Not, I'm not going on the, the uh, COVID IR. 
Um, but we talked about the potential of the Dolphins making the playoffs <clears throat> and possibly getting excited. Well, they ran through the quote unquote soft part of their schedule. Excuse me. And you now, can't even say this without coughing. But I, I mean, it's bad. But now here they are. They're seven and seven. They've got a big Monday night football game coming up against the Saints. They are a game back in the standings from the, actually from all of the wild cards teams at this point. So, how are you feeling about the Dolphins' playoff chances? About the same as I've been feeling the last couple of weeks because I knew we were going to get here. Uh, I fully expected us to get here. The the problem, I mean, the, there's multiple problems here, but the the biggest problem is that what it's going to take for them to get there is winning out, and they're going to be the underdog in these next three games combined. Uh, how big of an underdog that, that remains to be seen, but you got a road Monday night game against New Orleans, a road game against Tennessee, and then you get the Patriots at home. Now you can hope if you find a way to win these two road games and New England can, you need New England to win right now. You need to be rooting for New England to win. But the, the problem is, is that New England, there's probably not a scenario where New England isn't trying to win that last game of the season, uh, because they're going to be playing for, for the buy. They're going to be playing for home field advantage. Uh, so I don't really know. You, you either need, New England to win and shore up that buy, or you need like New England to lose and get the buy out of contention, but have them still wrap up the division, um, and and hope that some way that game doesn't matter to them. But Wait a minute. Let's Wait be. Minute. But let's be real. Before we even get there, you got to win these next two games. And I'm not excited about the Dolphins making the playoffs because, look. We, we just watched them have to scratch and claw to beat, to win a home game against the New York Jets. I don't expect the Dolphins to win out. I, I don't think that we're going to win this week against the Saints. But if we beat the Saints, that's where I'm going to be excited because that's going to be sort of a statement victory. And if you could win in New Orleans, I think you could potentially uh, beat Tennessee and set yourself up to a winner you're in scenario in the last game of the season. And that's kind of what you want to get to. You want to get to that point where week, week 18, you are playing for the opportunity to be in the playoffs, which is where the Dolphins were last year. And then, well, we all know what happened in week 17 last season. But here's what I'm going to say. First of all, I like we got a huge game coming up in week 16 if you're looking at the playoffs. And if you're looking at the playoffs, the, the Buffalo Bills are traveling to Foxborough to take on the New England Patriots. If the Bills win that game, they are sitting atop the AFC East. And at that point, the New England Patriots are in the wild card mix with the Dolphins with the same record. Well, with, with six wins or six losses, rather, right? They'll have six losses to the Dolphins seven at that point. But, but I mean, at any case, you're looking at an opportunity. Oh my, my goodness. The shade at the, at Aaron, the brain here. It sounds like a self-absorbed jerk. That's the whole gimmick. That's the whole point. Right? I That's love what we it. do. That's what we, I feed off of that hate. Yeah. 
Anyway, <laughs> listen, the Dolphins are heading towards this big opportunity. Like We know that any chance of the Dolphins making the playoffs is predicated on the fact that they've got to win out, right? And we know that this is where it was always going to be tough. They got to go to go to New Orleans on Monday night in the Superdome and beat the Saints. Then they've got to go to Tennessee and beat the Titans. Now, granted, the Titans are reeling a little bit right now, um, although they did activate A.J., uh, AJ Brown off of IR or designated him to return off of IR. So he, there's a decent shot that he's back for that game against the Dolphins in week 17. And then you've got the big showdown with New England in week 18. But in a world where you win those three games and the Bills win the AFC East and somehow the Indianapolis Colts win the AFC South, which it's an uphill climb, but Tennessee is going to San Francisco in their next game or t- San Francisco's playing Tennessee in their next game. And we've seen that the 49ers have certainly gotten it together at this point. And then after that, the the Titans are taking on the Dolphins and the Dolphins have an opportunity. If the Colts can hold up their end of the bargain, the Dolphins have an opportunity to assist the Colts in winning the AFC South. So in a, in the scenario where the Dolphins win out, the Bills win the AFC East and the Colts win the AFC South, the Dolphins winning out results in a 99% chance of the Dolphins making the playoffs. So, We're not quite there yet, but we are very slowly sneaking up on the possibility of the Dolphins winding up in one of those playoff spots, which at this point in time is really great. We're playing meaningful December football, which is as an NFL fan, what you want, right? And when the Dolphins were one and seven, I don't know that very many people at all figured that the Dolphins would be doing that. So here we are, three weeks left in the season. The Dolphins are right in the mix. I I, I, I still think there's a lot that's got to go right. But we know that if the Dolphins can win these last three games, there's every opportunity, right? Now, well, that's the big question. It's a, if they can win these last three games. It's a, it's a much different story than, you know, running the the gauntlet of the Jets and the Giants and the Carolina Panthers of the world and the Houston Texans of the world. Yes, they won a game against the Ravens, but look at what the Ravens have done since the Dolphins won that game. I mean, this is going to be significantly more difficult. I'm not saying that the Saints and the and the Titans are and even the Patriots are world beaters, but three games in a row, three games against teams that you're going to be underdogs against it's it's a it's a a lot to ask for and I don't think that anybody should be expecting it it's cool that we're in this situation to even have it as a possibility so enjoy it but am I excited about it no I'm not excited yet if they beat the Saints I will get excited, which I know, I know <laughs> the second I get excited is when they're going to break our hearts. But that's, that's kind of what I've told myself is get to eight and seven, get a big win on the road on Monday night against the Saints on national TV. And then, you know, I'll be a little bit excited. So here we go. The gauntlet is set. And that, <laughs> that is going to wrap us up for this episode of the same old dolphin show a reminder to everybody in addition to downloading rate and reviewing the show on all your podcast platforms in addition to following us at amplified to rock at aaron the brain at same old dolphins in addition to visiting dolphins talk.com each and every day make sure that you visit manscape.com 
and use the promo code DolphinsTalk. You get a 20% discount and get free shipping on the best ball shaving products on the planet. And I mean, that's pretty great. So it's, it's the holiday season. So take advantage of it. I, I, I think you might even still be able to get express shipping so that you can uh, get those products in time for Christmas. And in addition to that, make sure you go to BetUS, use the promo code DolphinsTalk, and you will get a 125% sign-up bonus if you haven't done so already. So, everybody, thank you for joining us on this episode of The Same Old Dolphin Show. We will be back later this week with Kevin Dern of Dolphins Talk Weekly to preview the Dolphins' big Monday night football game with the New Orleans Saints. And uh, that is going to be a fun show. You're not going to want to miss because I think Kevin is going to be able to provide some really great insight for that game. So you'll want to join us. Uh, we are looking at doing that live on Wednesday night this week. So a little bit earlier than our normal preview show, which is usually Thursday night. We're looking at doing it on Wednesday this week. So the way to make sure you don't miss out is to make sure that you're subscribed to the Dolphins Talk YouTube channel and you got the notification bell turned on. So that way you won't miss it when we go live and we'll be out live right after Mike and Ian's holiday spectacular as they are doing this Wednesday on the Dolphins Talk YouTube channel. So Brian, anything else you want to say before we get out of here? No, let's uh I'm excited to to break down this game with with Kevin Dern and uh I'm you know, I'm 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 excited to see a game that if the Dolphins win will get me excited. So it feels like there's stakes there, so I'm I'm excited for a Monday night game. Um in the Dolphins first Monday night game in a while, I feel like. I th- I think they had a Monday night game last season. Didn't they? Did they? I don't know. I think actually normally they're on prime time on Thursday night and last year they had the Saturday night game. I can't remember the last time they were on Monday night football. Right. Either way, everybody everybody in the league gets a Thursday night game, so it doesn't right. mean anything. Right. So anyway, the Dolphins will be on Monday Night Football against the Saints, a game with a lot riding on it, not just for the Dolphins, but for the Saints as well. Because the Saints got that big upset shutout victory in Tampa over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday night. So we'll talk about how the Dolphins match up with that ferocious Saints defense later this week. But until then, take care of yourself and each other. And we will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Go Dolphins! Miami's got the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're